Last time on Grasp, we got to follow Nicola's story on how it all started and how he built a grassroots think tank. If you've not yet heard the first episode, go back as it's the start of the whole movement. And in this episode, we're going abroad. To my hometown, Berlin. And we are bringing the Voraus model with us. Nicola was convinced the model could also work abroad, and he was eager to test it. But the initial feedback wasn't, let's say, warm and encouraging. This German guy, for example, was listing a ton of reasons why it wouldn't work. Because Germany is also so different, it's more competitive, the, the access is not as easy as in Switzerland, there are a lot of other think tanks around, um, it's more hierarchical, they don't listen to students, um, like all these kind of um, assumptions that are maybe uh, really obvious assumptions for Germans, or, uh, but maybe not for foreigners. <laughs> this is Regula. As a Swiss, she was a foreigner in Berlin and was perhaps the perfect candidate to test such a think tank in a German context. She had been working with Faraus in Switzerland, and she knew it well. But the timing was not right for Regula. She didn't feel like it. She was actually ready for a break. And that's what we'll uncover in this episode, how a voluntary model actually purely runs on the motivation of its people. This is Grasp, a podcast where we get to go behind the scenes of a think tank. My name is Jamila. I'm an intern at Voraus. And this summer, I've been talking to people of the Open Think Tank Network, trying to grasp some of the challenges and, let's say, creative ways in which people make change happen. Today's episode, Stepping Abroad. I found out, actually, Regula had always played by the rules. She's a good student, gets good grades, and she identified the perfect school in Berlin for her master. Then it's a private school, so, school, so it's costly. And I told myself, okay, if I get um, everything funded, I go. And uh, luckily enough, I got everything funded. <laughs> and half of the tuition I got for free from the school itself. They give um, financial support. And the other half I got from a Swiss foundation. And then I said, okay, let's go. She's this down-to-earth, practical kind of person who knows exactly why she does things. As she enrolled in her master's program in public policy, she decided that for once in her life, she wouldn't pull extra jobs or do voluntary things extra studies, like she usually has done. She realized it was time for her to enjoy herself, to live a little. Just enjoying Tempelhof, the coffee shops, um, just, I think, the normal um, student life that, that you can really, really enjoy um, in Berlin with all the bars and restaurants and clubs. Um, and uh, that, and just also just, yeah, I think forget, forget about the time and the schedule. And me and my boyfriend were making fun that sometimes we were late for the class that started at 12, 15, you know. Yeah, so I think just the, the usual, but what you do is you, I mean, of course, you, you party, but you also go to to um, to a lot of events, in, in some intellectual events, discussions, concerts. 
But then after a year of all the sun and fun, it so happened that Nikola was coming for a job in Berlin for some months. And in the evenings, he would hang out with Regula. It was summer. The evenings were really long and warm. And um, we were just like drinking wine on my balcony, talking about politics and projects and interests. And um, we're just kind of exploring the idea. Could we bring Voraus to Berlin? And um, yeah, and he, of course, as he always is, he was just very optimistic that, of course, it would work and we can do it and and you can do it. <laughs> Actually, Regula is not somebody who needs to, who needs a pitch. Um, she is super motivated herself. If if you know Nicola, you know, like, he's not someone pressuring somebody. Obviously, like... <laughs> He's very subtle. <laughs> and um, she didn't need my pitch at all. For me, like the the, the most um, important um, role of of, of, of of Nikolava for me personally was like he told me that I could do it. So they decided to meet up with two other guys in a beer garden and officially discuss the next steps. We arranged a small meeting with just four people. We were all um Swiss people who knew for hours in Berlin. Let's just do two kind of explorative meetings, co-creation meetings. And um, one was targeted at um, potential members of the think tank. And one was targeted at stakeholders of the think tank. If we realize in these meetings that the others are right, that there is no space for such an organization, that people would not be motivated to join, that the stakeholders tell us that there is no niche, no uniqueness that such a think tank could bring to the Berlin political scene, we could still stop the project. I think this really reduced the pressure on me. It was a low stakes test, but in order to do it, they first had to accomplish several organizational tasks. Writing a concept and thinking it through and writing the invitation and organizing all the people that have a role in the workshop and, and, and the space and the materials and, <laughs> and everything you need for like um, two, two uh, workshops in two days. As she was digging into this, Regula realized... Okay, I'm actually the only one doing any work. <laughs> for for Nicola, it was clear like he wouldn't do like the nitty gritty. He would provide me with contacts and names and he would send out invites and stuff. And that was all fine and good. But Regula needed more hands on deck to be able to pull off the two workshops. The others... Um, maybe didn't believe as much in the project as I did, or I, I don't know. I just realized, okay, I'm, I'm pretty much alone organizing these two events. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? People need to be motivated in order to help out building these kinds of organizations because the work is unpaid. You cannot really force or demand a volunteer to work. I think it's never a good idea to pressure someone in... Um, a think tank you're building on voluntary work so either the people they start working um, with their own motivation or they should drop out um, if you especially like if they don't have the initial motivation to chip in 
then they should better leave immediately because otherwise you you waste your energy on them. But there was another way which Regula knew of firsthand. That soft kind of influence that Nicola had instilled in her after their many discussions on the balcony. A way of inspiring a person to project by talking of ideas and connecting there, rather than focusing on the task needed to be done. So Regula started talking to a lot of people in her surroundings. She even chatted up her neighbor about the project. It was funny, she does, didn't have a laundry machine. So she would do her laundry at our place. So whenever she did laundry, we had one hour to chat. And I told her about the project. Some laundry hours later, her neighbor decided to join the team. When the day for the workshop was there, Rigula was nervous. This was going to decide if this experiment was going to continue or die. So when the crowd gathered in the room, they started with a somewhat of an unusual exercise. Regula went up to a whiteboard with a black marker in her hand and she put a dot on, um, on the whiteboard and everybody had to say what he or she sees in that dot. We didn't want to come um, over as like the normal, very maybe serious think tank or old-fashioned think tank. For us, it was very, very important to always have little things that um, communicated to, to the participants that we are different. And people seemed to think it was fun. Um, I just started, I think I said, I, I, I see a worm from the back. I think that's what I said. <laughs> really, just really um, random. And um, with that, everybody just joined in and um, they had uh, a lot of... I remember one that said it, she sees um, um, one, one eye of a smiley. With smiles on people's faces, Regula and the team continued with some workshop exercises and pondered for what the equivalent of Faraus could look like in Berlin. We had different rooms with um, different um, papers on, uh, on the tables. We tried to have these um, just sp really small special um, activities to, to just um, activate maybe another part of the brain or relate in a different way to, to people to um, also maybe bring them out of their comfort zone and, and activate them and show them that, that, that we want to try do things differently. They were asking themselves important questions such as what would the think tank need to do that they would be motivated to participate? Um, but would they like to do in a think tank? What resources could they bring? What network could they bring? The feedback was good. And they even got a couple of new team members to join the group after that day. Two or three people stayed and came back every week. Also Daniel, who at the beginning was a, bit, a little bit more reluctant. So we went from like two people preparing 
or like doing most of the work for preparing the, the first two workshops to being like four, five or six people organizing the next workshop. So it was um, a huge increase in, in man and woman power. Um, so that, that was also a, a success. And the next day, it was time for the stakeholder meeting. Mostly with the, with the goal to identify a niche um, in Berlin to see what would be unique, where would we need to place um, the, the think tank that it has a, like a space to grow um, and also to see which are the, the stakeholders that we need to cooperate closely with. The goal of this workshop was to include significant stakeholders as early as possible so they would develop a sense of ownership to the think tank from the start. What came out of the workshop was that indeed there was a niche for such a think tank. So what is the niche, you ask? The niche was really um, the, the grassroots organization of also a lot of younger minds and the, the political independence. And it seemed like the fact that they were young and playful in their work and how they got their conclusions actually helped the team stand out and bring an additional value to the table. We just realized that politicians, they loved to come to our events um, just because it was a little bit different than the events they normally go to. I think most of the politicians are probably really, really bored with what the events they have to attend. And our events were interactive and challenging and, um, yeah, just uh, young people with a lot of knowledge about the subject, like, came and, and discussed with the politicians their ideas. And and um, so the the, um, the politicians were really, really happy to, to come to us, even though that sometimes we, we organized an event that in our mindset was already quite traditional but for them it was so exceptional <laughs> um, and when I realized that that even if we do something that is really not that special and they're already that pleased I realized okay that's it it's it can be quite, quite easy to impress them and to make them to to come back and to engage with us and um, that it's that it, it is an asset to, to, to be young and just to do things a little bit different than, than all the others. So the team decided to continue on their quest and establish a grassroots think tank in Berlin. They called it Police 180. They're still running successfully and are bringing innovation to the German think tank space. Do you think you managed to prove this German guy wrong? In some ways, yes. Um, so I think... Where I definitely proved him wrong is um, um, in terms of what we can um, achieve in terms of reputation. So I think Polis now has a has a really good reputation, really good access, um, and people they they realize if if you're like capable if you have skills and knowledge and they um they accept that and and uh like that and then it's it's okay if you're young 
Um, so I think in, in that way, we, we could prove him wrong. And maybe Regula proved herself to be wrong too. So either the people, they start working with their own motivation or they should drop out. The lack of motivation Daniel had in the beginning wouldn't be an indication for his motivation going forward. He actually joined and is still active today, long after Regula has moved on from Police 180. After he saw the success of the first two meetings, he was all in. And then he did a lot of work, tons of work. He's still doing a lot of work. I, th- I think he's the only um, funder still active um, in Berlin. And for him, it was probably just he had too, uh, too much doubt or maybe something else going on. I don't know because I don't really know, I knew him at, the, at that time. There was some reason that he didn't engage in the first two months, but after these two events, he was, he was all in. My chat with Regula made me realize that maybe if someone is lacking motivation, perhaps all that is needed is a bit of patience and some new inspiration, and they'll come along eventually. At the end of the day, doesn't motivation come and go for all of us? Next time on Grasp? But what if no one is motivated to step up as a leader? How can you then build a movement? In London, the leadership position was filled in a quite unusual way, to say the least. How to put that in words? It's like when, when you lose the ground under your feet. So it's like, oh shit. What happened? And yeah, and it's I don't know. I, re, I mean, I had two options. One option is to to go forward and say, actually, no, 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 misunderstanding. Um, or I could give it a try. That's what's up next time on Grasp. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Grasp. This podcast was possible thanks to the generous support of the Larix Foundation. I'm Jamila, your host of this show. Tinka Media is the podcast production house behind this episode. Music came from Blue Dot Sessions. From Voraus, the project is overseen by Edu, our digital innovation manager. What are you grasping for right now? If you're out there in the world and you want to join the movement, get in touch with us. We look forward to hear from you. See you in the next episode.